Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Anna Rose, and my presentation is about the investigation of surrogates for Listeria monocytogenes for high-pressure processing validation studies. Food deterioration caused by microorganisms or enzymes innate to the food are a constant threat to the entire food chain. Common techniques used by the food industry include low and high temperature to deactivate enzymes and kill spoilage and pathogenic microorganisms. Though they can ensure safe food products, but these techniques can also cause undesirable nutritional and sensory changes. To solve these undesirable thermal effects on food, food scientists ventured out to non-thermal processing techniques. And one of the most promising is the use of high pressure, or HPP. I know last week Anna introduced already this um, technology, but let us have a short review. High pressure processing is also called ultra-high pressure processing or high hydrostatic pressure processing. It's a cold pasteurization technique in which food samples are enclosed in packages, usually vacuum packages, and were subjected to high pressure levels, usually ranging from 100 to 1,000 megapascals at low to ambient temperature for a certain period of time. In most of the food industries, they only use around 600 megapascals. In HPP, pressure is applied to the food products uniformly and almost instantly, regardless of its size and So why use HPP? There's an increasing consumer demand now for microbiologically safe, shelf-life stable, chemical and additive-free food products that still has high quality in terms of sensory and nutrition. And these things can be provided by this technology. Though HPP is not as common or as popular as other pasteurization technique or cooking step, but it has been used in a variety of food products. Destruction of L monocytogenes or L mono is considered a critical measure in HPP validation studies. L mono is a gram positive bacterium and is one of the causative agents of a lot of foodborne illnesses reported in the US. L mono is a psychotolerant organism which can survive to adverse conditions like low pH and water activity and high salt concentrations, which makes them a big threat in RTE foods. Foodborne pathogens like L mono should be handled in biosafety level 2 facilities with appropriately trained personnel. Though it's really ideal to use the pathogen in validation studies, but the mishandling of this pathogen can cause devastating effects to the researcher, to the food, and to the processing environment itself. And not all facilities have access to this kind of laboratories. And this paved the way for the use of surrogate. So what are surrogates? US FDA defines surrogates as non-pathogenic microorganisms which can respond to a particular treatment or technology in the same way as the target pathogen. There has been a lot of studies going on to find suitable surrogates for a particular pathogen. In this review by Hu and Gartler 2017, for L mono alone, there has been a lot of potential surrogates, but most of them are used in thermal treatments, sanitation studies, among, and among others. The same group of people enumerated the characteristics of a good surrogate. So a good surrogate should be non-pathogenic, of course. They should be genetically stable, 
has consistent behavior, growth, and inactivation kinetics. They should be easy to prepare and cultivate. They should have the same or greater resistance to treatments with a target pathogen. There should be an easy and cheap way to enumerate and differentiate them, and they should not cause any spoilage to food matrices. So that's why I have this research. So the main goal of this research is to find a suitable surrogate organisms for L-mono for HPP. I have laid down th here three specific objectives, but what I will be discussing to you is only the first one, and that is to screen four non-pathogenic bacterial strains and species based on their pressure resistance. For the methodology, four surrogate candidates were used in this study. That includes two Listeria inocua strains, that is the 33090 and 51742, and two lactic acid bacteria, namely Pediococcus acidilacticae and Lactobacillus plantarum. These four bacterial strains and species already met the first four qualifications of a good surrogate. Now it's my goal to check if they qualify the fifth criterion, and that is checking if they have the same or greater resistance to HPP than L mono. So why did I choose them? L inoqua is very similar to L mono except for its non-pathogenic nature. It is found mostly in the same food matrices and environment. And L inoqua has been found to be a good surrogate for L mono. However, those are different intervention technologies. Now it's my goal to check if they can be applied to HPP. I've also used two strains of L inoqua here because literature says that there can be an interstrain difference in the pressure sensitivity, and choosing different strains will provide a proper margin of safety for validation studies. I also use two lactic acid bacteria that are commonly used in food industries. Lactic acid bacteria such as lactobacilli and pediococci are commonly found in food, phylogenetically close to listeria, and can coexist with a pathogen in a food matrix. These four surrogate candidates are all gram-positive so that the pressure resistance difference coming from the two types of bacteria is eliminated. These surrogates were subjected to two pressure levels, 450 and 550 megapascals, and two holding times, three and five minutes, so a total of four treatment combinations and a control. The control are the untreated, and samples were just stored at atmospheric pressure. All the samples were randomly assigned to the four treatment combinations. So what I did? From culture stock, a subcultures of these microorganisms were prepared by inoculating a loopful to new TSB or MRSB tubes. The bacterial cells were then harvested after 18 hours in its late log or early stationary phase. Bacterial suspensions were then centrifuged and the palate was then washed and lastly resuspended in ACES buffer. Samples were then placed in poly bags and were sealed using hand sealer. Two additional packaging and vacuum sealing then followed. This is to ensure that there will be no accidental leakage of the samples which will contaminate the pressure transmitting medium. And what follows then is the HPP treatment. Samples which were prepared in triplicates were subjected to HPP in the pilot plant. 
I used the Hyperbaric 55L machine and by the name itself, its maximum volume capacity is 55 liters and the maximum working pressure is 600 megapascal. The pressure transmitting medium here is water. The samples were placed in blue cylinder and were sandwiched in ice to prevent the increase in temperature during compression. After the process, samples were stored at 4 degrees Celsius for 24 hours, after which they were serially diluted and were plated in MRSA or TSA with yeast extract. Plates were then incubated at 37 degrees Celsius at 48 hours. Let me show to you what's happening in the whole HPP process. So I have two graphs here which shows the pressure and temperature profile of the treatment. So the blue line is the pressure, the orange is the temperature. This part here is when the pressure is still building up. And then it will increase until the desired level. And the time spent for that is what we call the come up time. For 450 megapascal, it's 110 seconds. And for 550 megapascal, it's usually 128 seconds. Then the holding time follows. The pressure here remains constant except for a short drift usually before the decompression or the calm down time. The decompression usually takes around 2 seconds. This table here shows the bacterial counterduction in surrogate candidates after the treatment. There were two things that I want to test here. First is I want to know if there's any significant difference on the response between the four surrogates in each treatment combination. Second is I want to know if there's any significant difference on the response of a surrogate between treatment combinations. So for the first part, please check on the column and the miracle superscripts. As you can see, at one treatment at 450 megapascal and 3 minutes, there's already a difference in the inactivation between the two strains of Elenuqua. 51742 has lower inactivation of 1.7 log compared to 33090, which is almost 3 logs. This trend is the same in almost all treatments. In statistically speaking, they vary significantly. This only shows the interstrain difference between the same species. And among the two LAB species, there's very less inactivation, which is almost less than one log reduction. It's only at 550 megapascal and five minutes that Lactobacillus plantarum showed one log reduction. And they don't vary much except for the last treatment of 550 that they significantly vary. For the second part, you can see in each row and with letter superscripts that at 450 megapascals, the different holding times of 3 and 5 minutes didn't cause any significant difference in the inactivation level. It's only when you increase the pressure to 550 that it varies significantly. This graph here shows the difference in the pressure sensitivity among the surrogates. Several factors contribute to this sensitivity to high pressure. That includes the type of strains and species, the pH and type of suspension media, and then the growth conditions. We can see here that the two LAB species demonstrated higher resistance to pressure. And this trend is the same with what other authors observe. They've seen that at pressures below 600 megapascals, LAB species demonstrated baroresistance. It is the goal of this research to screen the four surrogate candidates, and from the data we can see that there are interstrain and interspecies differences in the pressure sensitivity of microorganisms. 
The two, Listeria nucleostrange, showed higher sensitivity to high pressure, and Lactobacillus spontarum and Pediococcus celilactici are more resistant, making them the top surrogate candidates for L-mono for HPV. However, it doesn't stop there. Currently, I'm doing a systematic review in the use of bacterial surrogates in high-pressure processing. And after the screening, it's also my goal to determine the decimal reduction time or the d-value of these surrogates and compare it to what Anna gathered in her study. Thirdly, I also want to know if the pressure resistance of these surrogates will be the same lab scale versus pilot scale. And lastly, I want to validate these results in food matrices. Scientists noted that there's a difference in pressure sensitivity when these microorganisms are inoculated in food matrices. And because of my Fisher's background, we're planning to do it in ready-to-eat seafood products. I know there's still a lot of things to be done. But anyways, before I end this presentation, I want to extend my gratitude to those people who helped me get back to my research. Special thanks to Dr. Kurt Weller and to my supervisory committee, especially to my advisor, Dr. Jane Stratton, to my awesome lab group, and to my precious friends and office mates. Thank you for your time and attention. Any questions and suggestions can be sent to me or to Dr. Weller through email. Stay safe, everyone, and have a nice evening.